Hello and welcome to the Human Factor Podcast, a series of conversations discussing the topics and themes influencing the world of work today. My name is Michael Esau. My name is Simon Humphreys. So Simon, for quite a period of time, we've wanted to pause, reflect, because we've been going now for over two years. We've had an eclectic mix of guests from varying backgrounds. And we've always sort of said, look, we need to pause and reflect and, and, and look at some key takeaways. So here we are. We are pausing. We are stopping. We are reflecting um, on what has been so far a very, very busy 2023. So let's take a look back. And then at the end, we'll then just do a little bit of a signpost to what's coming up between now and the end of the year. Sound like a plan? I think so. Let's maybe just go back this year. Uh, there's still a lot to pick out of the bones there. Yeah, there is. So let's let's go back to January. We kicked off the year. We were talking about operating in the new era. And we had the fabulous David Perring from the Fosgate Group, who we'd, we'd listened to David many, many times. And he has such a breadth of views about the world of work, what is happening, etc. A, a great conversation. I value David's insights immensely. So then just come to you first and foremost. What did you take away from David? I think first and foremost, he was a very easy person to listen to. Yeah, he's very credentialed. He knows his stuff. He's got a lot of resource to draw upon and he glues it together very well for me. He, he, you know, he tells the story with that data that he's got and almost he's telling that story to organisations. Is to, is to start pinning together what you've got into some sort of intelligence and some sort of idea of an outcome that you're trying to trying to get to. I thought it was great, actually. And, and even just his wrap-up line of, you know, be bold, be kind, start simple. I, I thought that was beautifully encapsulated in, in six words, what what the episode was about. Yeah, it, it was. And I love what you've said. He's extremely credentialed and, and he does have a breadth of viewpoints. And I, I, I love that particular takeaway. And he did talk about bravery. He did talk about courage. And also, for him, what does he see as a major thing happening in the future is intelligence. It's how do we get into the world of intelligence to make better decisions as we keep evolving, as we keep changing, as the demographic shift. He is so easy to listen to. A lovely, lovely man. And it was a great start to the year. So where do we go to next after David? Well, then we had a couple of episodes in February, didn't we? The first one we had was a topic which is very close to my heart. I've wanted to do it for a while. And we were looking at AI and robotics, but particularly from the sort of the ethics and the morality dimension of that. We had uh, Maria Exente from PwC, again, very credentialed, uh, alarmingly credentialed, if anything. <laughs> we were quite intimidated, weren't we, at one point? But she talked very passionately. And I think what we were trying to look for was not just what is AI and, and, and what can it do, because there's a lot of talk in the marketplace around there, but we were trying to delve a little bit into is there also a darker side that we have to be careful of? And uh, how well established even is this technology in terms of what people might be looking to use it for? So fascinating discussion. I guess you'd probably say it's also a little bit, even since February, become a bit outdated. It's progressing at such a pace. I suspect this is going to be one we're going to come back to, if not once, more than once, because it's just um, it's blowing away the marketplace at the moment as to what the opportunities are. But People are uncertain. That's that's my takeaway is I think people are very unsure about what to make about it. She had a real consciousness about it, didn't she? And Mm. and you were, you know, you deliberately designed the episode to cover the both sides, you know, the dark and et cetera. 
There's two things I think I took away, which is there's a disruption coming here and that's okay. Going to turn some business models upside down, but there has to be that strategy that's clear on what that's going to mean. Because if it's AI for AI's sake or technology for technology's sake, then that's just, that's not, that's lost the point completely. It's interesting though, you know, Maria's looked at this from a, a young person's perspective and, you know, she's written papers now that have been considered in schools around the impacts of AI. So I think this was a great start, but as you've said to me many times, this was earlier on in 2023, we have moved on miles with AI in such a short period of time. So we'll come back to that, won't we? Do you know what I think for me with that one, Simon, I learned a lot. It was a real eye-opener for me. And I'm hoping it was thought-provoking. I mean, that, that's yeah. really the idea. is, it, And it's not thought-provoking just about the topic generally. I think that's that, that's out there. It's what would I do with it? You know, if it was my organisation, if it was my company, what would I use it for? And, and as I think some people are threatened by it. Some people are leaning into it. But there's a lot of confusion as well. So uh, there's a lot of different directions it can go in. And I think there's a lot more chats we could have about it. I, I agree. And as you said, we will come back to it. So we had two episodes, as you said, in, in, in February. Now, again, there was a deliberateness to this because throughout the series, we're talking about the range of factors, aren't we? The topics and themes. And one of those factors is self. And, you know, I think it was very early on with Caroline Goida, we talked about the power of your voice. And that's very much getting into that topic, isn't it, of understanding self. So end of February, we had Glenn Bracey, and I've known Glenn for a long time. And, and you know, Glenn's done so much work with me personally, and he's worked in many of the organizations I've worked in to drive many of my programs. And this was very much about awareness of self. I, I personally loved it. And, and it's interesting, I think, because one of the biggest challenges for a lot of people is, do they know self? Do they have understanding of self? And a bit of fun for you and I, because we were doing some of the exercises, weren't we? Yeah, and I like the distinction he, he talked about, about the two different selves as well. Uh, I'd obviously done a lot of self-reflection myself in the past, but I'd never really broken it into those two different camps before. So it was interesting to go through the exercises again, give you that different perspective, but also show you where some of those potential roadblocks you've come across in that self-reflection might be then unblocked. And I thought it was it was really interesting. I, you know, we were talking about doing breathing exercises, weren't we? And visualizing what it felt like inside. I've never done that before. No, no, absolutely. And you're right. I mean, the psychological self and the aware self is the crux of what we were discussing, wasn't it? And, and Glenn does a lot of work around helping people with their thoughts because obviously, you no, know, our thoughts have a major, major impact on our behavior and obviously how we feel and the decisions that we take, et cetera, and how it manifests. So it was a rich, rich conversation with Glenn, and it acted then as a sort of a natural flow into March. Yeah, we segued over to Danny Donaghy, didn't we? So Danny's a, a fellow podcaster. He does the Lobster Brain podcast, which I'm a, a big fan of. He has some fantastic guests on there. And we talked to him about a cunningly titled Minding Your Mind. And it was, again, it was just taking Glenn's episode and, and just going a little deeper into... Yeah, how do you manage your own mindset? And he gave us some great anecdotes. For those that haven't listened to the episode yet or don't know Danny, yeah, he was the ex-medical director at Everton Football Club, for example. And he really used a lot of anecdotes to bring his points to life and very eloquent, very articulate, but also you know, really insightful, really helping to articulate that it's not easy to see if somebody's having a problem. 
uh, and to make sure that you know you never know what's happening inside somebody, but you've because you only get that surface view of something. But being conscious that inside it could be quite a turmoil that really does give pause for thought about how you just have human interactions going into a shop. That person could be could be having a bad day that day. Uh, how you deal with somebody at work who who might be pointy or sharp in a meeting. And again, it could just be something completely outside of work. So it really gives that opportunity to maybe just step back, reconsider, and try a different approach. I think what resonated with you and I, we connected with Danny socially, didn't we? I mean, Mm. I I was reading a lot of his posts. He's an individual that has invested in himself. He's done so much work, so much research. And why the linkage worked is because his understanding of self is pretty significant. And one of the things I think that struck us about the mind piece was tapping into the unconscious mind, wasn't it? And he used the example of himself as a professional footballer, and he did some work, didn't he, to listen to, I can't remember the individual at the time, but he had, uh, he'd always wanted to work on his left foot, and it wasn't, no matter what he did, this one evening after listening to some meditative work, it became a magic wand for about 45 minutes, so... Yeah, Danny's a great guy. I I love the lobster brain. He's had a great summer because he's been part of the England under-21 team that won the European Championships. And I know he does a lot of work with players. So, Would you call that even us? Because we've had some sports-related episodes, and I'm not sure I'd even call that a sporting episode. He's from a sporting background, and he had Mm. some sporting anecdotes, but I really think that was more of a self-reflection type of episode and a a personal improvement type of episode than a sports one. But that yeah, did no, lead I, us into April, didn't it? I mean, oh, another it podcaster. Yeah, no, absolutely, right. And um, you work very, very hard on the, sort of the construct of this episode. So we were joined by Gabby Logan. The title of the episode was really interesting. And this is where, you know, you piggybacked, hadn't you, on They Think It's All Over It Is Now. And, and Gabby famously, you know, really did close out these closing segments of the Lionesses winning the European Championships at Wembley last year. I loved this episode because we were talking about things that really resonated with me. We're talking about midlife, we're talking about equality, we're talking about inclusivity, glass ceilings, and how much progress we've made, but how much progress we've still got to come. You know, there's a long way to come. Gabby's podcast, The Midlife, is brilliant. You listen to it, I listen to it. She's a phenomenal broadcaster. She has her own reference points of progressing in the world of sport. She comes from a sporting family. So she knows what she's on about. She was telling lots of great stories, wasn't she? Yeah, she was. I think that's great when you can interweave those personal anecdotes. You know, she was talking about jousting on a horse and she's never ridden a horse or uh, Rod Stewart's chicken pie getting thrown across the kitchen. So there were lots of you know, wonderfully rich sort of visualizations coming out of the episode, but a very serious topic. Things like menopause in the work, things like equality, things like uh, the midlife they are going to affect the whole population. That was the other key point, wasn't it? Menopause is not just about women in the workplace. It's about men in the workplace as well. You know, she gave some great insights from from Kenny Logan and his perspectives of, of all of that going on as well. So very rich episode again, that I think was just knitted together with a lovely conversational tone to it. I just want to pick on something you said there about a serious one. You're right. You know, this is where I think the podcast, we've tried to make this quite eclectic. The point about the menopause, and we got some feedback on this, didn't we? You know, there's you and I on a podcast, we're talking about the menopause, and and we were congratulated for raising it. It is real, Simon. And I I was very honest, wasn't I, that I find the midlife a little bit tough at the minute. It's getting a little easier. My acceptance of it is getting a little easier. 
But yeah, I got quite emotional towards the end of that episode. We then moved on to May. Oh, the greatest show on earth. Yes. <laughs> Cirque du Soleil with Marie Noel Gagnon. Uh, what a wonderful episode again. I mean, she was such a... We, we did the preparation call with her, didn't we? And Oh, yes. We just came away, you sort of, your head's exploding almost with, with this the, her passion for the topic. Yeah. You know, she did sort of go through that she'd only actually joined Cirque du Soleil literally just before the pandemic kicked in. And you imagine that as a, a HR person trying to embrace what is obviously a very strong culture inside the organisation to see it all but shut down for a period of time and then have to build that back up. I mean, that's a not a unique challenge, but it's a it's a fairly big challenge. And she'd really lent into it. And yeah, what I, I think my, the single takeaway I had was, was her passion for it. I mean, yeah. she was so enthusiastic. She was so into what she was trying to do and, and why Cirque du Soleil was, was such a wonderful place for her. Again, gold dust in terms of those quotes that came oh. dropping out of it. So many, weren't there? Again, going back to your point about Danny, right, not being a sporting episode, people know who Cirque du Soleil are, and we coined it the greatest show on earth, and that's how I perceive it. But it wasn't about the performers and the acrobats, etc. It was about the culture. It was about how do you put on the greatest show? How do you preserve that? How do you bring that mystique? How do you make the impossible happen? That is what we wanted to understand. And excellence or performance doesn't happen by chance. It happens by choice. And and she was so full of conviction, not standing still, not being complacent. Can't be the same model pre-pandemic to now. Leaders have got to be a different leader to what they were before. Leading by, by empathy, for example. Talking about Madame Zuzu, if you came to the head office. It was a brilliant episode. But again, for a global organization, again, very focused on sustainability. And as she said, yes. for example, the future of talent is green. I mean, oh, that's yes. wonderfully insightful and, and yes. very on topic. I mean, that's what organizations have to be focused on these days. Oh, that's a good point. That, that, was a, that was a line, wasn't it, that you and I both took away. I think I commented on it at the time. But um, yeah, organizations grow and people grow, don't they? And uh, yeah. it, it is all about sustainability. And she's also primed us for, I think, a future episode. We've not managed to hone it down just yet, but she was talking about your mentorship and, yeah. and the fact that people had mentored her. her. Her quote was, I'm probably the fruit of many mentors and many conversations that people have had with me. Look, that's, that's going to be an episode in its own right, if not more than one, because that's such a crucial point. Mentors can make such a difference to your career uh, that yeah, we've got to get to that topic at some point. No, it was brilliant, wasn't it? And then, you know, again, demonstrating the way that we've sort of shifted around, we will go to June. Mark Starfield is great. I mean, Mark, I've listened to speak on many occasions, so have you. Again, conviction, clarity, real strategy, focus, and, and, and making it happen. The connected enterprise. And we were deliberate, weren't we, about wanting to talk to Mark because... His strategy at the organization he was a part of, which was Vodafone, it was entirely around how do you actually build this connected enterprise and this connected experience. My my biggest thing that I wanted to ask him about was, is how did he look at that from a process and from a data perspective? Because I think our mindsets have got to change. We are executing processes using data to drive an outcome. We need to surface data where it needs to be relevant in that process at that point in time. That requires a different logic, doesn't it? It needs a different thinking 
you know, we often talk about how do you integrate and connect in your household? Would you have Alexa in the living room and maybe an Apple device in the in the, in another room? No, you wouldn't because they don't talk to each other. I love talking to Mark. It was good, wasn't it? Yeah, but I think he was not just focusing on the technology. I mean, our original oh. intent was to talk about technology, wasn't it, and process and all of that yep. connectivity. But he was also talking about the connection with the individual and the yeah. people within the organization. You know, we talked about experiences, integrated experiences. And one of his quotes was, if you want me to feel connected and engaged to the organization, you need to allow me to express myself. And yeah. it's such a crucial point that you can build the best technology solution in the world and the best process solution in the world. But if I'm not connected to it, and if I don't feel a connection to it, it's never going to be as good as it could be. And I think it was such an important point to make that can often get lost in sort of technology debates is have you, and again, part of the reason for this podcast, have you considered the human elements behind the scenes that have to connect both in and out of this use of technology? Because otherwise, again, you're to your point in the AI episode, you're building it for the sake of building it. You've got to have that engagement and connectivity to the people. It's interesting you said that, didn't he? You have to connect with your groups. So it's almost that, you know, you have a strategy, you ideate, and then you value create, isn't it? And I love that. Very simple. But yeah, without that connection to the people who are actually consuming and using it, 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 it really doesn't make sense. So it was a great episode. And interestingly, we've seen a real spike with that episode, haven't we? I think there's been a degree of people re-listening. And I think yeah. there's been quite a few people that it's caught their eye and that they're yeah, in the, in the catalogue and they've, they've listened to it. You know, when they've been hearing another episode and they've gone back in the back catalogue, that one seems to have, you know, stood out a little bit for them, yeah. which is great. Yes. Yeah, it is. I'm sure our listeners know we're we're both huge fans of football. So we, yeah. we've we been back to the world of football in July, didn't we? Which was, we had to wait for the season to finish. And uh, I think it was a tense finish, shall we say, in the German league. Yeah. Uh, in the Bundesliga, but we had uh, Sasha Hartel, who was the head of performance for TSG Hoffenheim, and not just yeah, the football side of things. He looked after multiple sports, which yeah. I, I think was an eye opener for me. I was surprised by that. Yeah, they they looked after all these different sporting things that they they control there. But I think he was also looking at a commonality of some of his key points, where they were true across not only just the sports he was looking after, but any industry. Absolutely fascinating because what we were looking for here was a conversation around data and how can we turn this volume of data that's being collected now and, you know, some stats say that we've never collated as much data as we're collating these days. Well, how can we actually turn that into something that's useful and get some actual insight out of that? Yeah, the thing, the first thing he acknowledged was that, you know, football, in his view, was actually a late developer to this. And there was, you know, still maybe some clubs out there that maybe don't use data as much as they could and some use it very heavily and some use it as a differentiator to to attract new players to the clubs i think there was also a mixture of new wonderful new technology uh, obviously some of that's powered by sap I mean, we've got to plug that a little bit haven't we but they were also using old school you know questionnaires yep. you know to reach out to players and see how they were feeling how they were coping were they relaxing enough were they rested enough and I think that was, again, insight that was a little bit surprising. It was great that they're actually looking at that holistic picture. And I think they do see that as a differentiator for how TSG actually tries to position itself in that Bundesliga. Because he did say, again, that they're a small village club. They're yeah. not the Bayern Munich that can buy all these expensive players. They've got to do something different. And so this was their one of their differences. 
you know you mentioned earlier about Danny was not, not not about football, right? In many respects, this wasn't about football for me either. I think when when Sasha was saying we have to unearth and find talent before it's considered talent, I think that applies to everybody. It's a competitive market. You know, his his argument was if somebody is classified as a talent and known by all, they will struggle to attract them. That's just the simple reality for maybe geography, location, or it could be the reward package. So they they have to look at data from a resourcing perspective. Then, as you said, and you commented on this, they have to look data from an operational standpoint and from a sort of a transactional standpoint, so it's pulling different pieces of data. I was watching another documentary this week, Simon, about another football team, and they were actually talking about some of these psychological tests. They want to start to measure the fit and alignment of people to a sporting team, which can be quite unique. So I think there's there's a lot in that. bit for me was they had a strategy and, and, and it applied across the piece. So everybody was bought in. This is what we're using it for. But he did, did, he did say, didn't he, that he still feels there are many out there who are just collecting it but not knowing what they're doing with it, which is a very consistent theme. And then we came to August and we um, just had the amazing human being that is Maggie Alfonsi, the ingredients for success. Oh, Maggie's lovely. Amazing to talk to. You know, Maggie's had a great career. I remember watching the 2014 Women's Rugby World Cup. England were playing Canada. And I, and I remember watching Maggie. She was a, a fearsome competitor playing in the number seven, with number seven on the back, which is the open side flanker. And uh, so she's been part of a successful World Cup winning team. She, but she's been part of many other teams. And she gave us real insights, real reference points. How does the dynamic of those teams work? How does the leadership work? And we were in particular wanting to talk about standards. See, we've drawn the conclusion that what makes or breaks a lot of teams is that preservation of standards and where does the buck lie is it with the leader can it be self is it the collective what happens when it's not reinforced how does the engagement drop how does the performance drop and i think there was nobody better than maggie to give us her own perspectives into that i think the other thing she was touching on that really resonated with me was that we were talking weren't we about playing for the club playing for england Mm. and then we got on to talking about playing for the lions yeah. Um and and we talked about you know creating this rally point about creating something to to build upon and and have the individual really empathize with. Uh, and it was around that brand, wasn't it? And and we've seen that in in previous episodes, haven't we? Even back to episode 3, we had Elaine Bergen was talking about creating this really strong brand, this really strong message that would then give you something to understand and and not cling on to, that's the wrong word, but build upon. And of course, David Hewitt with the with the jeans as well. Yeah. It, it's such a strong brand that it creates that pride. And for him, it was pride in the workforce. But for her, it was pride in in playing for that team. It's not something you can just trip over. You've you've got to physically, you've got to really concentrate on creating that. And if it's effective, it's very very effective. She was talking about the real strength of the heritage of what it means to put a lion shirt on, even though it's something you might do. You know, once in four years, you may never have played for them before, but suddenly you've got that strength of pride and you're all pulling together then as one team. And so, again, sports-related episode, but a lot of things in there that actually you, know, you can look at 
taking back to the workplace and thinking, well, can I apply that? Yeah, absolutely. You know, can my project have a brand or a, a culture or philosophy that I can build around on that and, and give people a sense of pride for contributing towards it? You you referenced, uh, um, you know, David Hewitt and obviously Higher Genes. You know, when you and I were doing that episode, they have 41 employees. Yeah. But it's a team, right? It's a team. And the dynamics of that team apply in any organization. And it didn't matter if you're making jeans or you're part of a rugby team or a football team or whatever it may be. I think your point, though, about the multiple teams is a really interesting one. We are all part of multiple teams in our organizations. And all of those teams can be very different. And sometimes the differentiator is the style of the leader, the setting of the standards, the clarity of information, the follow-ups, the feedback. You have different cultures in different teams. It's For me, it's about how do you get an understanding of what the best practices are and apply them consistently so you don't get that. I think that was a really interesting takeaway. Absolutely. So, so that's where we are for the moment. And we're sort of now busy, aren't we, getting ready for the rest of the year, which looks really interesting. We've got quite a few guests coming up, and we obviously can't talk about some yet because we've got we've yet to confirm them, mm. or we're still holding down what the title might be. We we have got some some definites though, haven't we? We're yes. we're going to talk with Sheila Walsh. She's going to talk to us about the topic of inclusive leadership, which I think is not just going to be interesting. I think we in our preparation call with her, she she was almost you know, going to be challenging some of those. Uh, some of those key messages out there. Which, so I, I'm on my guard a little bit as to how that one's going to go. It, hopefully it's going to be a great conversation and, and yeah. not one which is just going to sort of you know, follow the norm. I think she's got some fairly strong views about what that really means. And yeah. you know, she's going to really take us through that, isn't she? Oh, she is. And I want that. You want that. We want yeah, that absolutely. debate. We want that debate. I, I want to understand what inclusive means to Sheila. You know, and I think there's going to be some aspects in there. Leadership is an enormous topic. It's an evolving topic. We said we'd come back to it, so we are. And I think Sheila is the perfect, perfect guest. And then we've got we got the return of an old friend. Yes, we do. Our first guest was Gethin Nadine, wasn't he? And when we were setting up the podcast, I remember saying to you, I said, look, I want to approach Gethin. I think Gethin's going to be brilliant. He was brilliant, but he's coming back for Wellbeing 2.0. We look back at the listening numbers. We, we we always look back. And it's one of the most popular episodes. It was actually the shortest episode as yes. well. I don't know, yes. 25 minutes. We were still learning what we were doing, weren't we? But it was one of the most popular episodes. And I think it's a, it's one that we've wanted to come back to for quite some time. But yeah. Gethin also has been you know, very uh, prevalent out there in the marketplace. He's yeah. done some fantastic research. He's met with yeah, a lot of important people, including the, the government, for example, and advised yeah. on parliamentary committees. So we think actually that Wellbeing 2.0 has got a huge volume in it that we want yeah. to sort of unpack and discuss with him and get his thoughts about where Wellbeing is going as well as yeah. not just where it's been and what it's what cur- people currently offer, but where is it going to go in the future? Yeah, and I think also just what does it mean, right? Mm. It's not just about the practices and the programs, it's just what does it mean? I think he's got a macro view. I think he's got a micro view. I think we're going to get into both. But you're right. I mean, Gethin has been building up a, a significant body of work. And he is, going back to your point earlier, he is respected. And his voice, his opinion, has real teeth. And so we're delighted he's coming back. And yeah, he's our first returning guest. And then we've got, hopefully, scheduling allowing, 
we've got the mayor of Greater Manchester, Mr. Andy Burnham. Uh, Andy's a busy man, and we've we've got very close to being able to record on a couple of occasions. But somebody down in London within the government wants to see him or other, and then he's got to go. So, but we, we we've got a date. We hope it will stick. But I think Andy's going to be great because he will have a macro view, and we we we're going to be talking about the public sector and public services on two sides of the coin. You know. What does it mean for the citizens going forward? But what does it mean about the people delivering those services? So very much about how do we get fit for today, but how do we get fit for the future? So that'll take us up to the end of the year, but we're already looking at 2024, aren't we? Oh, we've got we've got some great topics we want to talk about. We do. We've got some great speakers that we want to speak to. We do. And we've got some great topics with great speakers. So we're at different stages for each of them, aren't we? Yeah, we, we're hoping to have some more sports-related ones, but we're going to dip into some different sports, maybe. We've been trying to and discussing American football yeah, uh, and ice hockey. So yeah. those two are very hopeful that we can talk to uh, some representatives from those sports. But uh, again, we, we also hear and the feedback of, you know, don't like the sports episodes. Can we have more of the organizational ones? Absolutely. So we're, we're yeah. again, we've got some thought leaders We've got a, a wealth of topics that we've already talked about and want to go further. And actually, we've already talked about some topics we haven't yet covered, things like mentoring, things like succession planning, these sort of topics that we know are front and center in every organization. And we want to make sure that we cover those topics as well. So I hope this has been a good summary for everybody and a line in the sand and and maybe hopefully signpost where people may want to go and sort of check out first. You know, there's a huge back catalogue now. We've passed 20,000 listens now, yeah. and we're very grateful to to every single one of those listens. We we know that time is important, and we do value that you you do listen to those and reach out to us, give us feedback on, on social media, or reach out to us directly. We, we always love to know, what are you hearing in that episode? What would you like to hear about? Yeah. Um, and if there are particular guests that you would like to hear from, yeah, we can always do our best to try and reach those guests as well. Good work as always, Simon. On to the next episode. Time for a customary cup of tea? Absolutely. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye.